Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I have a new iPhone, <laughs> and right now I don't have the adapter for the microphone. I get it tomorrow, but I'm going to do a podcast here. Uh, card wall video comments. I posted some videos on YouTube. Don't do much on YouTube, but for videos, it is the place. So I put my card wall videos on there. I hadn't put anything up for quite a while, but I did last week and I got some good feedback. The YouTube community, way more people listen to the podcast, but I do have some very faithful YouTube people and they make comments. And so I'm capturing some of those to respond to them. So instead of responding one-on-one, I'll respond uh, to everybody and give the benefit of those uh, questions to everybody. Thanks, sponsors. Tops Panini Upper deck heritage auctions hugs to scott auctions mike stadium sports cards burbank sports cards comc.com and beckett media beckett grading beckett authentication my card wall right now it's got spaces for about a thousand cards and i have a thousand cards on there i'm constantly adding and subtracting generally whenever i get a wave of submissions returned from bgs i've got a bunch of cards still there but i got a wave and so that caused me to put up some videos uh, but actually the wall is composed of actually four different really big shelves you've may have seen. They're seven feet wide and they're eight feet tall. Each one would hold uh, 160 cards. Basically, there's uh, five shelves and each one can have two of the panels. So you get 10 per shelf. That's the half. Anyway, my point is, even though I'm a thousand right now, I think when my wife and I downsize in a number of years, I'm probably going to have to cut back at least back to 640 of the shelves and not the overflow areas. So if I do that, I'm going to have to be a little more conservative. But still, on these videos, I don't have to be conservative. I'm showing what's on the wall and also some other things that were under consideration for being on the wall. Got some comments. Uh, first was from Mike Steveline, a faithful friend. <laughs> and he gives me feedback occasionally when he's doing the Baseball Card Hall of Fame and other things. He mentioned he really enjoyed binge watching. He's one of the ones that really encouraged me to do it. Uh, again, these videos are very short, six minutes each approximately. And I'm trying to knock them out as I go. So I'm, I'm only up to the Fs or Gs somewhere in there. But anyway, Mike is going through and he's making a list of cards that I'm showing that he'd like to own. It's a registry, but it might be careful because there's really too many one-of-ones and too many uh, sentimental favorites that I have. Nevertheless, uh, you may see some cards and think, hey, I'd like to collect that. Uh, he mentions the cards I got in Hawaii. Actually, my parents lived in Hawaii, so I actually got some cards in Hawaii back before the shows even existed. Got some great collections in Hawaii. So the Hawaii trade show cards, the old national convention cards, and a lot of the promo and test issue and executive type cards that I have. And I'm trying to show them, not exhaustively, but a, a sprinkling. Also, he mentions Mike Kramer's book, that he's really enjoying that. And I finished it now after interviewing Mike. I got it like a couple of days after the interview was over. But Mike's a great guy, really a pioneer. And Mike Steveline really enjoyed learning about the DF1 wax wrapper machines that Mike mechanically adapted. And Mike Steveline asked me, have you ever seen one in person? Of course I have, because I've been to Mike Kramer's place. And I remember seeing that. And my regret is I didn't know all the backstory when I saw the machine that was uh, one of his several pride and joys. And so, Mike, I apologize to Mike Kramer because I did see one and I didn't realize what a marvel it was, how he had adapted that. And then Mike finishes up by saying, it's amazing to me in this hobby that you'll never know everything. And when I read that, I think, is he saying I don't know everything? Of course I don't know everything. He doesn't know everything either, but it is a hobby where when I'm discussing things with Rich Klein, who knows a lot as well, 
we'll never, even when we put it all together, we don't know everything. So it's an ongoing uh, quest and a, and, a, and great enjoyment in doing that. So thanks, Mike. Steve Golden Slumber says he's really enjoying this and mentioned the Bob Costas card and that he had just picked up a Comm-C package with a, a 2008 Upper Deck Masterpieces, Howard Cosell, another uh, famous announcer uh, pretty much in the past now. But the only Howard Cosell card I have is the Action Pact, Monday Night Football. So that's probably not something I'm going to put up there. But it, if somebody asked me for it, I guess I could pull it out. Uh, so thanks, Golden Slumber. Another for Golden Slumber, he talked about uh, Ken Dryden in the wall video 1025. Uh, my dad graduated from Cornell like Ken Dryden did. And my dad lettered in baseball, not hockey, but he graduated from Cornell, an engineering degree, as, as Ken Dryden did. So again, another, as he says, a smart cookie. My dad was a smart cookie too. And then also for Golden Slumber, talking about Bill Cower, that he's a Hall of Famer, and I agree. If I were going to have two cards up there, he's got an APBA, APA, the, the, the APA game. There's no picture on the card, and so that's why I didn't choose it. I have it, and I think it's interesting because it's active of when Bill Cower was a player. Nice note from John Mangini of the Mangini Collection, echoing that Cower power as a Pittsburgher, I think, as, as I live there as well, that anybody with that Pittsburgh connection and Bill Cower very successful coach and a worthy potential Hall of Famer for the Football Hall of Fame. SB123 mentions, I got into the figure skating. I had a Michelle Kwan. I didn't have Michelle Kwan. I had Christy Yamaguchi and Peggy Fleming. Okay, but anyway, he says he's got Michelle Kwan. Winter Olympics autograph, which is one of his rare cards. I think I'm probably going to delete some of these things that have less personal meaning to me. I'm realizing just cutting down to 1,000 is probably not enough. I'm going to cut back to 640. Even some of these very personal things, uh, once I have them on the wall and somebody sees them and says, hey, that's nice, especially if it's the person, <laughs> then maybe I'll take it down and put something that has broader interest. Beansball card blog, Ken Kinsley mentions that he also likes the announcer cards because he said that's what he went to school to become. And so I think, Ken, you do have a voice for it. And I've never really aspired to that, but I do have in the announcer cards. They're very public. But thanks for sharing that. And I think a lot of people are going to really connect with some of these obscure announcer cards. Also from Ken mentioning that he is working on the T210, the old mills, and that he's also working on the Galveston and Dallas cards and the Fort Worth team set that for local interest. And the trivia for that, I think that's the only card, that Dallas card there that's alphabetized under ba Dallas is possibly the only card on my wall that is not alphabetized by name because that's not the player's name. And then lastly, from Ken, talking about Dave Dravecki, uh, that he had read his autobiography a dozen times as a kid, even though he doesn't like reading. Again, a very inspiring sp story. But it just shows that uh, sports cards are good. If you're a mom or a dad and your kid gets into sports cards, if they'll just read the back or study the math on the back, they're going to be better at math and reading and do well in school. Then from John Keating, my friend in the Philadelphia area, that 70s card show, he is pushing back on the Ed. Again, I mentioned that he had a dark demise and that it's a little bit of a downer. I don't know. I just don't have a very significant Ed Delahanty card. He, he had a, a shorter career, a life nipped in the bud. And so unless I get somehow a great Ed Delahanty card, which I, I would trade, I wouldn't buy it. It'd, it'd be four or five figures of the cards I would be looking for. So probably not. But, John, I take your point. Mookie Chilson mentioning the Leaf Doby, probably 
tougher, but putting in the 49 Bowman, which I have and I'm waiting on, he agrees with that logic. So I'm not doing it so that Mookie will agree with me or anybody else. It is my personal wall, but there are some choices like that that are personal to me. The 49 Bowmans, I don't think they're an attractive set. But Dobie is worthy of a card, and that's probably a good one for me to put on there. Shane Mick had a couple of comments. One, that Mike Kramer absolutely has to make the wobble. Indeed, <laughs> I had already slabbed that. He was one of the first ones I thought about. Again, not a player, but a very significant hobby figure. My only regret is I didn't get Mike to autograph it. Now, he hasn't gone anywhere, but I've already slabbed it. So, again, Mike is hopefully going to be in good health for a long time, being in remission from his uh, cancer. And also, Shane McNew mentioned that he'd ordered sets from Fritch, Larry Fritch, who also is on the wall. Again, is a very noteworthy collector, dealer, and probably hobby visionary would be a nice way to say Larry Fritch. But he said he ordered several sealed sets from Fritch and everything was always perfect. Of course it was perfect if it was a sealed set. But I was just thinking that most of Larry Fritch's stuff and one of the secrets of his business was that his cards were largely untouched. He was selling vending boxes. So I don't think he was as much in the sorting business as he was in the uh, card uh, box selling business. He was not huge bulk, but he wasn't selling one card at a time as much. He was selling uh, unopened or vending uh, sealed sets, things like that. So, But thanks for pointing that out, Shane. And then lastly from Shane, appreciating the Kevin Costner, Bull Durham connection. Any of these cards that have a broader appeal or might appeal to a wife, somebody comes in my card room and it's the guy and his wife who's not a collector let's say and oh that's kevin costner there i didn't know he had a baseball card baseball movie lastly from splendid sports cards complimentary but he says he really likes the fact that i have some cards on there that are my dad's i've got a couple more coming mr splendid (laughs) and i'm looking forward to the to the next one as well so i can't say which ones are coming but the next batch will have a card of my dad's that will be on the wall and I'll try to point it out. And I've got a couple of my card of my dad's cards that I have not slabbed yet. And so when I slab them, they can go on the wall. I don't put anything on the wall that isn't. Finally, just a melancholy note is that I've really enjoyed putting this wall together. And I did show my dad as just passed away in June at the almost 98 years old, 97. And my mom is hanging in there, but my mom and dad did come over and they saw my wall. They saw it many times, but I'm regretting I never really exhaustively walked through it with my dad to point out his cards more explicitly and what was really important to me and things where he may have had a personal collection, like the Ken Dryden that that went to his uh, noted uh, university and other things like that. So uh, I can't undo that, but I can still try to make my dad proud and uh, you know do the best I can with what I got. Like I said, you can't choose your parents, but you can try to honor your parents. So I'm trying to do that. So thanks, everybody, and I hope you've enjoyed the videos. I've enjoyed them. It's a little bit of work, and I know my production quality is not great, but hopefully you'll get six minutes worth of enjoyment that's worth your time. Be back again in a couple of days, and uh, thanks again for your questions.